No children's church today. You're stuck with me. Is that okay? I'm sure they will. All right. Good morning. We've got the uh, sold-out quartet on the, what is that, November 11th. Make sure you remember that. There's plenty of these posters out there if you want to place them around town or whatever, please do that. They'll be here, so please plan that out. You've got a couple months to plan that out. Please try to be here for that. I think you'll be truly blessed that night. Um, let's see what else we got. Grease share, we know about that. That uh, two, This Tuesday night down at Calvary, um, they're doing nine songs. So if, if you want to truly be blessed, come on down there about 6.30, and uh, the worship team will be down there. They'll be doing, I'll be there and. They're going to be doing a lot of music. It should be a great blessing of the night. There'll be a little bit of preaching going on. Anyway, you're welcome to, to meet us down there. Hope you all show up. Uh, let's see. It's dark out there. WWM, World War Me. Do you ever feel like you're in a battle with yourself? Yeah, you know, you, you, you just kind of, it's just like, it's just, wow, how can I be uh, that prideful or that whatever? It just, how, can I, how can I even think some of the things I think? And uh, what we'll talk about today is, it was one main verse, Luke 18, 27. And if you've got your Bibles, just turn to that verse, and you can just mark that verse out, and I'm, I'm going to ask you to write some things down probably later on today. But uh, that one verse is just pounded on my heart all week. And so we'll see where God takes this, but uh, it's this World War Me that, we, that I deal with, that you deal with, and uh, God has given us the understanding how to, how to, how to get past that. Uh, it's in His Word, it's in His truth, it's in His love, we can get past it. Uh, humility is what we've been talking about for a few weeks, we're going to continue to talk about humility, and humility is a, is, a, is, a, is a key, a big, huge key into learning how to get past ourselves. And until you really get humility down in your life, you're always going to struggle with things. We'll get into that in a little while. Let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we thank you that we're here, that you've allowed us to be here together. We thank you for a wonderful country that we live in, the wonderful weather that you're providing for us. Lord, we thank you for everything. There's not anything in my life that I can't thank you for. There's not one thing in my life that I don't want to thank you for everything. So Lord, would you bless this morning, would you bring the Holy Spirit upon us this morning, that we may overcome some of the obstacles in our lives, and we can clearly see. And it's in your loving name I pray. Everyone said it. Amen. All right, let's get started here. I'm not sure how to work this new... Why do churches exist? That's a rhetorical question. And why, why, do, you, why do you go to church and, and there's only, there's one, there's one reason churches exist, there's one reason why you should be in church. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Now say Paul. Paul. No, wrong. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Now say my husband. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. 
Have you got that figured out? It's, is, is it the music? Say Jesus. Right. It's, that's the only reason that we should be here for is Jesus. Now, now there's things of good about churches, different churches, and we're happy to have them, but if, if you walk in the door of a church and you say, what do you have to offer me? Wrong. Time out. Go back out the door. Let's start this over again. It's wrong. It should be, what do I have to offer the church? Amen? John Kennedy said way back in the 60s, it's, uh, what, how, do, how do you say that? It was, don't ask what your country can do for, for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Same thing, just put the church in place of the country. Still goes for today. That's the reason we're here. We're here to serve Jesus. And we come together and, if, and we, we start to become a family and we fellowship together. We do, we do all kinds of things outside of the church together. There's a lot of things we do together. Music is wonderful and all that. But Jesus is the reason. And if he's not, then you're here for the wrong reason. Amen? Period. The church has always been and must always remain about lifting up and exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. For him to be lifted up, we must be cast down under him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. If we want to continue to lift Christ up, then we have, to, we have to learn to go down. One of the words I'm going to use throughout the day, and I preached on this a while back, was and I, my, my mouth is still numb from that surgery I had back in June, so nar, 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 narcissism. Everybody say that for me. Or we can just say self-centeredness. Yeah, that's what narcissism is. Now, you say, well, that's not really, I'm over, over that. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're lying to yourself. Narcissism is a powerful tool that Satan uses to try to control us. When we walk into a church and think that, that the church has got to be about whatever it can do for you, narcissism. Whatever you think that whatever somebody exists just for you, narcissism. Now, who's, give, me a, give me a married couple up here just for a minute. I don't care how long you've been married. Just got a question. Everybody jump up at once. I'm not picking. Just come on. All right. There. <laughs> this may not go good. <laughs> now, I got, I got, there's a, a study I was reading about, and I was going to ask this question. I thought, well, I'll just ask this question then, because I was asking this study. And it was what? Which one of you two, I know you've been married, what, 27 years? 25 years. Now, out of 25 years, which one of you would say makes, <laughs> makes this marriage happy? Oh, I, oh, there you go. <laughs> Everybody say <laughs> narcissism. <laughs> now, believe it or not, most of the people said just what Brent said, me. But it went on to say that the few people that said that the other person in the marriage made the happiness happen... They hit the jackpot. Now, I know he's probably just goofing off, because I'm sure aiming is what makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you hit the jackpot with her. You really did. Thanks, guys. I don't know where to believe him. So that's what we're talking about today. Let's go ahead. We must believe that the war against self is real and impossible for man to win. Do you believe that? It's impossible. You know, uh, I have a lot of God stories and, and, and a lot of things that I, I, tried to, I tried to do in my own power for years. And I, I, I always realized that it was, it's impossible. And then when I 
And then when I, when I failed at many things, and then, and then years ago when I finally started saying, okay, Lord, you're the only way I've got, the only way I can go, I still failed. Because it, and we'll get to the verse in a minute, but it takes, it takes an effort, it takes time, it takes planning to get where God wants us to be. Now, and I, what I learned was most things are, almost everything is impossible in my own strength. But when I, when I put God in there, everything is possible. And until you really learn that, 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 that living this life is impossible, then we're going to struggle because God, everything is possible. Amen? I started writing in journals. You all know that. For many years, all my sermons come out of journals. These are just a few of my journals. That was impossible for me to do. It never was in my heart. It never was in my mind. It's not going to happen. But guess what? About 14 books later, it became what? Possible. Possible. What changed? It sure wasn't me because it was impossible for about 40 years of my life. And all of a sudden, it became possible. It was God. He changed that. Because I really started believing somewhere down the line as I studied and learned and, and loved God and really learned why I'm going to church and, and why Jesus is so important in my life, I started learning that He is possible. Everything is possible with Him. Everything. I, I, you've got to believe that one of the things I wrote on my, on my notes this morning is right there. Everybody say believe. I mean, you've got to believe this. It, not, not just a little bit. You have got to believe it. And you believe it through the faith in God's stories that he gives you. You see this working through your life. You believe it. You believe it. And, and you don't stop believing it. Here's this verse. Well, that's Psalms here first. Psalms, the Lord lives, blessed be, blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. I, you lift him up every day. Get out of bed and lift him up every day. Narcissism is an epidemic level. Everybody say amen on that one. Thank you. It, it, do you agree with me? I mean, do you really agree with me? Is it an epidemic? It is. And the millennials, my goodness. My goodness. Vicki was talking to a friend down in Florida that we had years ago, and, and she, reads, she looks, reads my stuff all the time, and she was, uh, Vicki was talking to her, and she says, how in the world can you be a pastor today in a church with all the people, with all the narcissism going on? I mean, if you say anything wrong, people get mad and walk out the door because it's all about you. And it's not all about you. You're in church. Everybody say, for Jesus. For Jesus. That's why you're in church. Now, he's trying to teach you something. He's trying to give you something to make your life full, that you can live a good life. And maybe when you're complaining, maybe that's the most important time you should be listening with your heart. I make mistakes. I do. I, I often do. And I, but my, my goal is not to do that. When I come up here and preach, I may preach something that's not, that might make mistakes in time. But my goal is not to. And my goal is to always, by prayerful time throughout the week, to give you what God gives me. That's what I do. The, I try my best to do as a pastor. And that's the only way I can keep doing what I'm doing. I try not to listen to people too much. Because everybody's got a different attitude, a different thought. And it's always about them. You have to listen to God. And when you start to listen to God, narcissism fades away. And when you start to listen to God with humility, 
Wow. You have a whole new world that opens up to you. Do you all agree with me that humility of this world needs a good dose of humility? It does. It's an arsenal's epidemic levels, devouring the spirit. In other words, when, I, when everything's about me, it devours the spirit. It, it dampens down the Holy Spirit in my life and my spirit. It dampens me down. It dampens the Holy Spirit down in my life because all of a sudden, it's not my life. It's not about Jesus. It's about me. Thank you. We have to learn these things. And out of the mouth of babes, ain't that something? Giving power to the flesh where humility can't live. I'm going to tell you, if you're, if you're heavy into yourself, you're not going to have much humility. It, it, they don't go together. The war is not yours to win. Amen? It's your battle, but it's not yours to win. It's, it's yours to fight. It's Jesus' war to win, and he'll win it through you if you let him. We must believe that the war against self is real and impossible for man to win. Here's the verse. Everybody, I want you, I'm going to read this first, then we're going to read it together. This is Jesus. Now, what, what's taking place in this is... Jesus just got done talking to the rich young ruler, which most of you know that story, and if you don't, you can go right to the verses before 27 and read some of that. He just got talking to this, this young man that, that thought he had it all together. I mean, he said, I do this, and I, I live by the commandments. I, 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 which is, everybody say narcissism. And he had all that together, and Jesus said, go sell all your stuff and give it to the poor. And, of course, he walked away. He wasn't going to do that. And then Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, and he says, it's going to be easier for, for a camel to go through the eye of the needle, which is a, a gateway in Jerusalem where a camel would have to bend down and go, which he can't do that, than for a rich man to enter the gates of heaven. And so the disciples were like, well, who's going to get into heaven? And Jesus lays it out here. He says, but gee, this is letters in red. Everybody say letters in red. This is our Lord talking. He says, the things which are impossible with men, everybody say that, the things that are which impossible with men, Are possible with God. Everybody read it. Are possible with God. So what's going on in your life that's impossible? Is there a lot of things going on? Is your marriage a mess? Are your finances a mess? Are you, are, are you, are you, are you struggling with all kinds of whatever? So it, it's impossible. But it's not with God. It's possible. And he doesn't limit this. It's, it's a broad statement. I mean, everything is possible with God. And that's what you've got to believe. And you need to write this down in your, in your Bibles. It's possible with God. It is. Some of the... i got my three monkeys up here. Some of the things we deal with, the first one is what? Y'all, you know, you know about the monkeys. My mom gave me monkeys these monkeys years ago. But this, well, not this set, but it's like this. That is a monkey with what? His mouth, his hands over his what? What's it say? <laughs> speak, speak no evil. Well, let me ask you something. If you, if, if you, if you, if you, when you remember back when you didn't belong to the Lord, how much evil did you speak? And what is evil? It's, it's anything outside of God's love. Amen? Amen. I like these kids being in here. It's anything that speaks evil of one another or speaks evil of the Lord or speaks, spews out hateful things. So we struggle with that. Now we come to the Lord. Do we still struggle with that? We will. We will. There's some stages in this. First of all, the first thing is 
It's impossible with men. Until you absolutely learn that living this life in Christ is impossible for me to do without God, without Jesus. I can't do it on my own merit. I can't do it anyway without him. I will still speak evil. And do I still speak evil? Sometimes I do. Do I want to? No, I do not. Am I convicted of it? Yes, I am. Now, the other one is, is this one here. What's that? See no evil. See no evil. Now, there's all kinds of, of evil you can see. We, we need to strive to not look upon evil, to stay away from it. We're Christians. We're not supposed to go there. And so if we're going there, then it's impossible for you to get out of there until you turn your life over with God and understand that it's possible with God. What's the next one? Ears. Hear no evil. Well, how many of you listen to evil, listen to the things you shouldn't listen to? And when you listen to it, you're convicted by it. And you think, well, how, how in the world do I get away? With, do I get through this? It's back to this verse. Realize it's impossible in your own strength, but it's possible with God. Well, I'm cracking and popping up here a lot. So we'll refer, now I'm on. We'll refer back to this verse a few times as we go through here today. I, uh, I want to talk on humility just a little bit. Um, and if you're striving to, for humility, to, to, to be humble, to, to get there, I, I've told you a few weeks ago, God will give you the opportunities to do that. And this week I had, and, and first of all, you have to notice the opportunities. Everybody say, notice the opportunities. Okay, so if you're noticing it, you're, 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 you're actually saying, God, help me notice this that I can change through you because it's possible to put on humility and try to keep it on. And then when I'm not humble, to be convicted of it. Now, there's, everybody, we love babies, right? Love them. No. Yeah, Alex. And, 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 and as we come to Christ, we're called what? Baby what? Christians. And so we have to learn how to live over again, right? Now, I'll be honest with you. Alex, come here for a minute. Get up here, Alex. Come on. I love this little boy. He's a sharp-looking boy. Say, sharp-dressed boy. He's a good one. Now, no offense, parents. He's an artistic. He's, I mean, he's...
parents come and they're gonna they're gonna bless that. Hello, hello. Back in there. You doing all right, Alex? You love your mom and dad. Who's your favorite? Alex? <laughs> do they give you what you want? They take good care of you? I bet they do too. Get on down there. Thank you. Philippians 2, 3 through, 5, 3 through 5, we'll learn some stuff. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Does everybody say narcissism? In other words, the Bible is telling us, let nothing be done that way. But in loneliness of mind, that's, that's humility. Loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That's in the Bible. They're telling us, Paul's trying to show us how to live. That's what that is. In verse 4 it says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We put on this mind of God. And we, and we, le we learn that because we learn that everything is possible with him. And I can put on this mind of God because it's possible. Now, in my own merit, it's not. I had a phone call this week. Oh, not a phone call, a message. I forget it was text or message. I don't know. It was somebody wanting to do something. And I praise the Lord for that. And they were talking about something. And, and, I, and I was sitting, I was at work, working and putting locks on doors and stuff. And, and I'm thinking, man, I don't have time. I don't have time. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to type something back. And, and like, you know, I've been busy. I've got all kinds of things going on in the church. I'm just, you know, type this back. Leave me alone, you know. Didn't say it that way, but I was trying to get it out in a nice, polite way that way. Leave, and who, what's the main thing? Everybody say me. Me. Narcissism. Now, that was an opportunity that God gave me this week. Because the person meant well. They weren't, they weren't mad. They weren't anything. They were just meaning well. But I took it as, man, it's just something else for me to do. So it was all about me. And that wasn't what it was all about at all. It was all about Jesus. But I was just... In my mind, I'm thinking, Look, just leave me alone. And so when I saw what I was typing, I got the conviction, you see, because I've been asking for opportunities for humility to shine through my life. And so as I was typing that, I looked at it, and God says, just look what you just put on there. That's as prideful as they come. And I said, thank you, Lord. And I put on there, you're right. And that was it. That was an opportunity to have humility come through. Did I have excuses? Sure I did. We all have excuses because we're all narcissistic about ourselves. Leave me alone. But the reality was God has something important to do, and he's teaching me humility and allowing somebody else to grow further in who, he is, in who they are supposed to be in their lives. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. That was what I was doing. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And that's what I ended up doing. Amen? That was an opportunity. I'm going to ask you once more. If you pray for humility, then look for the opportunities to insert that humility into your life. It blesses you, and it blesses others. When I got done, I had to pray I, because of what I was getting ready to do, and I was so thankful that I spotted it. 
that I didn't do it. There's that I thing again. That the Lord showed me before I pushed the button. You know, you can't get them back once it's pushed. Doof, it's gone. You got to be careful of those buttons. Let each of you look, look out not only for his own interest, because that's what narcissism does. You, you look at what's right for you, right? But for the interest of others. Now, if you're looking out for others' life, isn't that humility, putting somebody else before you? Isn't that what we're called to do? This is not hard things to learn. This is the things that we're supposed to do. We just don't want to insert them in our lives because we've been embedded with this narcissism that everything's got to be about me. Even to the church. I can go to a lot of churches and I can ask them that question. They would pop up and say, well, Sunday school, music, they would say anything but Jesus. And the answer is only one answer, Jesus. It's the culture we live in is just completely corrupt with it. And it overflows into the church. It overflows into our lives. You know, I'm going to give you a shocker. I used to be a sinaholic. Everybody say, uh-huh. I mean, I sinned and I sinned and I, I was addicted to sin. Anybody been addicted to things? Addicted to sin. A sinaholic. I mean, it didn't bother me to, to smart off to people. It didn't bother me to take a hammer and say, keep on, buddy. You're just going to fill the top of your head. That didn't bother me. I was a sinaholic, my goodness. Now, the one thing that bothers me is that people that are addicted to things in their lives, no matter, and you say, well, I'm addicted to drugs. There's no, no, there's no cure for that. What? Give me a break. There's no cure for it. There's a cure for it. Didn't I just read Luke 18, 27, that all things are what? Possible through God. There's your cure. There's your cure. If you're a sinaholic, it's possible not to be a sinaholic. It's your cure. If you can't quit fighting with your wife or your husband, it's possible that that can stop. The thing is, you're looking at man and saying, it's impossible because you can't get your mind off yourself. And you'll always be in those holes. But when you go to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, everything is possible to you. I really believe this verse. I need it in my life. Well, do it. Just do it. And things start to be possible through God. You know what? When God moved in and sin moved out, I quit being a sinaholic. Now, sinaholic or an addicted person to whatever, that means you have to do it. You have to do it. You continue to do it. But now I don't have to do it. Amen? Because I realize it's possible with God not to sin. It's possible with God not to be an addict of sin. Or anything else. But that's the only place it's possible. You say, well, don't you fall back into it? Well, I might for a second or two, but God convicts me of it. And I pull, he pulls me out of it. These are lessons that you can learn to have a wonderful life. Who wants to have a wonderful life? Man, I'm going to tell you something. Braden, where you at, Braden? He's back here. He just got in about midnight from Guatemala for a week's mission. Now, Brayden, I, ain't talk, I haven't had an opportunity to talk to him yet, but I know he's been down in a third world country. I kind of talked to him a little bit before he left. That's a different place. You know, they're happy without the stuff we've got. They don't need the junk we have to be happy. You know that? You know, that? You know what they need? Everybody say Jesus. It ain't Jesus plus, it's Jesus. That's what makes them happy. Jesus. You go over to Africa and they'll walk to church for miles. 
not to hear music. Not, they want to hear the word of God. They want to hear the word of truth. That's what makes them happy. How have we got so far off from that, that everything's got to be perfect in the church? We've removed ourselves so far from the real reason we come to church, Jesus. We've got to get back to it. Not just this church, but every church. We've got to get back to it. You say, well, how do we do? It starts in your life. And it goes out from there. How did 11, 11 men get the whole world turned over to Christ? Jesus. It started in their life, and it flowed from there. It starts in your life, and it flows from there. You can do it. Because everything is what? Possible with what? God. Possible. Now, you have to believe that. You have to believe that. And continue to believe that. And when you start to falter, which you will, come back to it. Dig deeper into prayer. Let humility take hold of your life. In Philippians 12 and 13, these are some beautiful verses. Therefore, my beloved, this is Paul talking to the church, people, to the church. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, that means outside of the church, when you go out, you obey, you, you do what you know to do, you do what the Word of God tells you, you don't stop when you walk out the door, you stay in it, it's your lifestyle, it's your mindset because you're putting on the mind of Christ. It's who you now are becoming. You're growing up, you're doing away with an artistic ways in your life. It's not what will the church offer me, it's what I have to give to the church. Mine if the church would grab a hold of that. Times would, the communities would change. People would learn to love and through humility and see the power of God. No, I'm not done, I'm not going to go there yet. Verse 13, it says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Let me go back again. For everybody say, for it is God who works in you. Stop. Now, God can only work one way in you. You have to be a child of God. You have to come to the cross and surrender your life, and then it begins. Amen? Then it begins, and then you start to realize, man, I was nuts to live in a life like I lived. How in the world did I do that? I was insane. You are. You were insane. You're insane with sin. It drives you crazy. But you don't have to. The Lord Jesus died on a cross that we can surrender to that and believe it. He rose from the dead that we can come to him. And everybody says, I've heard it and I've heard it. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Have you heard it enough that you think you believe it? You know, as you come to this possible thing, you have to separate that possible from the impossible. There's so many times that I want to say, well, I can do it on my own merit. There's a lot of churches out there that are working, they're trying to work their way to heaven. You can't. Just stop it. You can't. Salvation comes from one place, Lord Jesus. Amen? It's his grace and our faith. That's how salvation takes place. No other way. No other way. Grab a hold of that. Believe it. And let God change your life. It's possible because the Lord Jesus Christ said it's possible. I don't need another verse in the Bible to tell me anything to even emphasize more on that because that one verse in Luke 18, 27, 
told me. Amen? I don't need two or three more of the books to tell me what that 1827 told me. It told me it's possible. So for it is God who works in you both to will and, and listen to this, this is going to shock some of you, and to do, to do for his, everybody say, his good pleasure. And Paul's. Aaron, do you see that anywhere on there? It's his good pleasure. His. We've got so far away from that because of our narcissistic attitudes and our mindset that we forget that it's his good pleasure. He brought me here for his good pleasure. I've had people tell me that this whole church is broke, completely broke. Well, I'll tell you what, my life has changed. And a lot of other people's life has changed through a broke church. It's not a broke church. It's a loving church. Amen? You don't listen to that stuff. This is God's church. He died for it. He brought it here. He opened it. And he'll keep it open. Amen? It's not mine. It's not yours. It belongs to Jesus. Artistic attitudes will destroy your life. If there's one thing I can tell you this week, look for the opportunities to show humbleness over pride. It will come to you in some form this week. If you just get up and pray, say, Lord, let me have humility over this artistic lifestyle, over the pride of my life. If you'll just start to reason in your head and pray over it, say, Lord, show me what pride is. You're going to be amazed at what pride is. In, 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 it comes into our life in so many different directions. And some of you think, well, that's not bad. Yeah, anything of pride is bad. And you're throwing out the love of God in your life when you allow these things to take in. For 13 again, for it is God who works in you. Everybody say, God who works in me. Both to will and to do for his good pleasure. One more time. Ain't that something? So if that's true, and it is because it's in the Bible, then some of us have to rethink everything about what we've taught. You got to rethink why you're even in church. You need to rethink some things. And every time you think you can't get past something, you can't quit cussing, you can't quit doing this or, or quit drinking or whatever it is, it's because you're doing it in your own power. And I promise you, you won't. But when you allow Christ to move in and do it in his power, you'll get past these things. And the first thing is you've got to notice it. Amen? You've got to notice it. I've told you the story. A lot of you remember this story. I'm going to tell you a hundred times, and I'll keep telling it because it's a God story. It's about BSF. Who goes to BSF in this church? Stand up for a minute, will you? You know, some of you don't know what BSF is. It's Bible Study Fellowship. I'll put it over any college any day. It's the Word of God taught by many different aspects, of many different denominations. It's not about a religion. It's about Jesus. Amen? It's not about different denominations. It's about Jesus. It's about coming to the Word of Truth and understanding it. Now, you all look around. These people that go to BSF, they're not going to tell you one bad thing about it. In fact, some of them, Vicky's been through it for 20 years. I went through it through 10 years. Bill back there, where's Bill Willis and Sandy? How many years? A lot of years. Hey, you just keep going and you keep going. Buddy's been going through it for years and years. There's hope for him yet. 
We just keep going. And you learn the same. Sometimes you're back in the same book you learned when you started. But you're learning it in a different attitude because you're in a different place with God. You can sit down now. BSF is a wonderful study. If you want to learn who God is, you want to learn how to live this life, you need to get involved in these things. You really do. I have these same people come to me. They'll want to say, well, how come we're not growing in the crossing or something? And they want to blame it on the church. Well, they want to blame it on the, on the leaders and preachers that have been praying for hours. They want to blame it on anything but themselves. If you're not growing, guess what? It's not my fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Don't come to me and say, I'm not growing. It's not my fault. It's your fault. That's the biggest baby attitude you can have. To blame your relationship when it says you have to work out your own salvation. That means growing, sanctification. You've got to work it out. I mentioned BSF because that's a wonderful place to grow. If this church ain't getting it done for you, get down on your knees and pray a little more. Quit blaming it on the teachers. It's not them. Never has been. They pray for hours. I know Bill and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they got people pray for hours. You do what the God tells you, you study for hours. And then somebody comes up to you and says, I'm not growing. Well, here, get on the ground and I'll give you a baby bottle. That's what I feel like doing. It's not my job, it's your job. I'll have classes in here. I had a class a while back that was going to teach you how to study the Bible. A few of you showed up. It was three, three weeks. A few of you showed up, maybe 10 or 15 people in the first week. The next week was about half that. And then you say, well, I'm not growing. You're not, you don't want to grow. You're happy being artistic. Or with this narc, you're happy with being self-centered. What's impossible with man is possible with God. And I'll have other people say, well, I want what you got. Fine. Then get on your knees and start praying. And never cease. Amen? Open up your Bible every day. Spend a couple hours every morning. Pray to God. Humble yourself before God. And pray that he opens your heart. Amen? We have to get this narcissism out of our lives. The story I want to tell you about BSF is the one that just changed my life completely. And I had been in the church for a while. I was growing up. I finally went to my first year in BSF. And I, everybody's heard this story, a lot of you, right? But see, a lot of people haven't. I couldn't speak in public. Vicki, where are you? It's dark. Am I, am I lying, Vicki? I couldn't speak to more than a few people. It scared the pants off of me. I couldn't do it. And, and, and even more, I wouldn't do it. You could offer me a, a $1,000 bill. I'm not doing it. 10000 maybe. Narcissism. So as that year round, wound down, they had the sharing night. I'm told, I don't know a lot of you heard the story, but a lot of you haven't. So. And I love this story. It changed my life. I always go back to those things that changed my life when things are struggling in my life. Amen? You think things are impossible for you? They're possible with God. You're not giving it to God. 
you've hung on to it. Is that last, last night appeared when you stand up and talk? Everybody's talking for whatever long time it was. And I fought with God for the whole time. I had my hands on the front of that pew to squeeze, and I said, I will not stand. I have nothing to say. I can't stand. I won't stand. I've never done that. I'm not going to do it. What am I supposed to say, God? He never gave me anything to say. It was all me telling him what I wouldn't do. Does that sound familiar to you guys? Isn't that the height of his narcissism? You trying to tell God what he can do in your life? God says it's impossible for you to stand. I know that. But it's possible with me. And so as I fought with God and struggled with God for that whole hour and a half, I don't remember what anybody said because I was too busy saying no to God. Did I have any idea that God was going to do things in my life? No. But I knew he wanted to. But I was saying no. I was saying no. And as I come to almost coming to a close, I sit there by myself. I know we, I can take you to that church and show you where I was sitting at the exact pew I was sitting in to this day. It had that much impact on my life. And I finally found myself standing up. I don't know why, because I had said I wasn't standing up. Now listen, this is important, okay? Everybody listen? Because this is how God works. He takes what's impossible and makes it possible. I'm standing up. Before I realize that maybe he's standing up, the leader of the time, name was John. He says, Paul, what have you got to say? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why I'm standing up. I didn't have it. Only thing, the one thing that God gave me to say was, I love God with all my heart. That's all I had to say. That's all he wanted me to say. Amen? That, he made it possible for me to say that with about 100 and some men in the room. He made it possible. And the Bible says if we deny God in front of man, he'll deny us in front of the Father. I knew that that's what I had to say at that moment. He set me down. Tears running down from my face because some of the <clears throat> a drastic thing had happened in my life. He made it possible for me to speak on his behalf. He made it possible. Now, did it, everything change overnight? No, it took time. But God was working with me. He says, when he sent me down, I could feel it in my soul. He says, thank you, I can work with you now. Amen? Now, some of you are going through issues in your life. You can't figure out why God's not working with you because you keep telling him no. You keep relying back on what's impossible. It's possible with him. Amen? You want a dramatic change in your life? I mean, you really want this humility and love to come into your life, then you've got to beg for it. You've got to ask for it. Amen? You've got to work for it. It's not your salvation. That comes at the cross. But you've got to allow yourself to let God move in and you move out. No matter the cost to what it costs you. No matter what it is. I got a good dose of humility that night. Amen? And I needed it. And to this day, it makes it is. I think of the miracle that happened that night. If it wasn't for that night, I would not be here. You got me? God puts us through these processes. And we grow, and we grow, and we climb, and we climb. 
and we keep going until the day he takes us home. Amen? See, I know something about God. He's real. He's absolutely real. He's absolutely real. He absolutely loves me. He absolutely loves this church. And he absolutely loves every one of you. He does. I know that. He's shown it to me over and over and over again. But every time I go back to that thing that's impossible, I, I start to push God away and start to say no again. But as long as my mind says that, that no matter what it is, the hardest thing in my life was to quit sinning. Because he is possible in my life. Now you can play around with God all you want. He's not going to compromise with you. He's not going to compromise with your sin. But if you truly want God, if you truly want everything he wants you to have, then you'll stand up and let go of that pew in front of you or that chair, whatever it is, and say, take me. And you'll mean it. And the next day you'll get up, you'll do it all over again, and you'll say, take me. And he'll do it again. Every single day from now to your death. There's no in between. Everybody believe me? Have I yelled enough? Verse 13, one more time. For it is God who works in you. See, God worked in me to do that. Both to will and do his for his good pleasure. What was I doing that night? It was his good pleasure. Now, his good pleasure is years of good pleasure, as long as he lets me on this earth. It wasn't for just one time. It was over and over and over again. And there's nothing special about me or the Apostle Paul or Peter or none of us. God loves us all. He shows no jealousy. There's no, there's no, he shows no difference in that love. It's you. If you're not growing in Christ, it's not Christ. It's you. It's you. Because of your artistic attitude and ways. But he gives us a way out. Amen? It starts at the foot of the cross. It starts at the foot of the cross. And you'll never get too old to come to the foot of the cross. Amen? Never. Come on up, music team. These are the words of the week that are kind of long this week because I couldn't come up with anything shorter. Who, who can start the first word? The. The what? Battle. With. Narcissism. Is. Impossible for man to win, but through humility, give it to him. Listen to me, this battle with narcissism, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, everything flows from this. If you if you've got a, 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 if you're still a sinaholic, you've got addictions, you've got marriage problems, you've got financial problems, you've got work problems, it will all come from narcissism. You're putting yourself above others. Well, this job, I don't, I don't, everybody hates me. Well, why do they hate you? Could it be you? Well, of course not. Well, maybe it is. Go in with a different. Go in with the mindset of God. Amen. At least if they hate you, it's because of good reason. They're God, not you. 
The battle with narcissism is impossible for man to win. You'll never win. You'll always go back to it. But through humility, everything is possible with God. And humility is the key. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Tomorrow morning, when you get out of bed, whether you fall to your knees or, you're, or when you're making your bed or whatever you're doing, will you ask God to release humility in your life? Will you just say, Lord, show me humility? Because humility is the exact opposite of narcissism. Show me humility. Allow me to become the child you've asked me to be, that you want me to be. Quit holding on. Let God run your life. Let's stand. Open up the tables here in a minute and 